baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Anderson hasn't missed. Hasn't missed. Years. Hasn't missed. So that's a pretty good. How good is it to hear Pat Summerall, John Mann, make this field goal? The answer should probably yes. Thirty-nine. Probably yes. Away. And it's not good. No good. Wide right. Falcons have one timeout. They have January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-nine. The day hope died for Adam Carter. I will argue that this day. In Vikings history, in sports history in Minnesota, was the best thing to happen to a then, uh, I guess, 24-year-old, 23-year-old Adam Robert Carter. Because after that, I kept the Vikings at arm's length. Not to say that I've totally written them off, that uh, you know, if, if someday the Vikings hoist the Lombardi Trophy, that I won't... Be filled with pride, but I know it's probably not going to happen. And it was based on that day. And it brings up a good point. I think a vast majority of people my age easily point to that moment and say that is the most heartbreaking sports moment in Minnesota history. It's all relative. At a time in your life when you feel like you're a a super fan of one sport and it's a different moment. But I think collectively for people my age and around my age, it's absolutely that moment. 651-461-9226 have to talk because it's 25 years ago today that that moment happened at the Metrodome. Crushing, crushing defeat to the Atlanta Falcons because the Vikings 15 and one, marching their way to an inevitable Super Bowl victory. Four Super Bowl losses, those ghosts of the Bud Grant Vikings were going to be eliminated with a victory. Remember, it was in Miami. We're going to Miami. Vikings are headed to Miami. to face, who doesn't matter who they face because they're going to win the Super Bowl. The greatest show on turf, even though I know that was a different team. But the greatest show on turf before that greatest show on turf was Randall Cunningham. Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed, Robert Smith, and the Minnesota Vikings. And it was crushed that day. Can anything come close to that? 651-461-9226. I just found this out. I, maybe you told me this before, DJ, but you were in the building for that heartbreaking moment. as a twelve. Now, you know what? Here's the converse of it. I was in the Metrodome as a 12-year-old mm-hmm. when the Twins won the World Series in 1987, wow. and I cried. Tears of joy. Yeah. Did you cry? And that was a defining moment in your uh, fandom as a child. 100%. In that moment, did you cry uh, as, a, as a young Vikings fan? Hmm. Did you shed tears? Ta- take me through that moment as a young Vikings fan. Yeah, I remember that year my dad had access to tickets through his work, and he actually got first choice of the playoff games. 
Really? So, wow. Uh, you know, they were divvying up who got to go sure. to what. And you knew they were going to make to the NBC, they played NFC the, title. Uh, the Cardinals, Cardinals, I believe. They hosted the, round the Cardinals, crushed them. that. Yep. So I could have, we could have chosen to go to that game, but we were feeling so high on the Vikings, we said, let's wait. And let's go to the big one. Let's kind of gamble. Yes. And go to the not much NFC of a gamble because the Vikings. We knew they were. Going. I know. I know. Uh, so my dad and I went to the game, and I mean it was a big deal. At twelve years old, and you've been watching this team every year. You've been watching uh, Cunningham to Moss. That was back in the days when. Um, on Monday Night Football, they would always do the top ten plays of the week of the day before. Oh, sure. And I would t- I would watch that every Monday night, and darn near every Monday every night, time. one of those big top bomb. ten yep. was this big, you know, rainbow Arching throw pass. from number seven Cunningham to eighty four Randy Moss for a touchdown, and I was all in. So we went to that game, and I mean, I remember it being so loud. I remember. Oh, yeah. Kind of feeling like a little rite of passage because there was a lot of people, a lot of men, a lot of language, a lot of beer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> things haven't happened. changed. No, nope, nope, they by haven't the way. changed. Um, and then, of course, we know what transpired. He missed the field goal, and then they lost in overtime. And yeah. I think we sort of forget the in between times. You remember a few one hundred percent. But then I remember a few things about the walk back to the car afterwards. I think that's the most oh, memorable. Yeah. Part I remember somebody selling um, Vikings championship jerseys oh, no. for like a dollar. <laughs> oh no! And then I remember grown men crying in the streets. <laughs> and then everybody had those like window flags that you'd roll up in your window, and then you'd sure, have, like your Vikings flag or yeah, whatever your team. Those were popular. New, yes. new back then. So that was kind of the thing. And on our walk, my dad kind of had the secret parking spot about five sure. six blocks Gotta away. Everybody's dad park. has that. And on our walk back to that, you could just see those flags and other paraphernalia. You know, things have been accumulated over the 15-1 and run throughout the season, and people were just tossing them in the gutter on their drive home. Total opposite of my experience, because I got out of the Dome in 87, and everybody was jumping on cars and celebrating and walking. Oh, brutal. you, You nailed it, too, about how... We misremember things because yes. we played that when we were pulling that clip before the show this morning. We went through it, and mm-hmm. I forgot. You know, everybody talks about the knee, too. Denny, taking the knee, Denny. I, for some reason, I thought that was at the end of the first half that they could have gone down and added to the, their lead, and they decided not to. No, they took the knee. Vikings got the ball, so Anderson misses the field goal. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was to put the Vikings up by 10 points. It That's wasn't right. like to take the lead or to tie the game. That would have... Put the Vikings up by 10. So he misses that field goal. And right, if he's an 80% field goal kicker or an 85 or a 90% mm-hmm. field goal yeah, kicker, he said, well, man, kicker. well, he yeah. missed that one. But, of course, we heard John Mann say it and Pat Summerall. He had not missed. He had not missed, which is why that was so shocking. Yep. But, again, that puts the Vikings up by 10. They're still up by seven points. <laughs> With just over two minutes to go. The yeah. Falcon, and, and a different time, like nowadays, two minutes is a long time. Yeah. But back in 1999, it was a different game. It was st- it was evolving into the NFL game we see today. But still, that was a lot of time left. And someone says right here, stop blaming Gary Anderson. Right. We, I think absolutely we unnecessarily, unfairly blame Gary Anderson. And I think it really affected Gary Anderson. In fact, I, I want to say they did a... Might have been like an ESPN thirty for thirty on that game, or a different broadcast where they actually interviewed Gary Anderson, and this was just a couple of years ago, and he was getting still emotional about it. Yeah, unfairly because you're right. So the Falcons get the ball, 
They drive down and score. Robert Griffith could have interse- had an interception yes. he dropped. In his hands, yep. Falcons score. That's when the knee happened. Vikings get the ball with and they take the knee with and it was third down. They had two timeouts it was left. Third and three from their own twenty seven with two timeouts. Two timeouts left, left in thirty, in 30 seconds. seconds. All they needed was maybe right. thirty yards. And again to show you how the game has changed. Yeah. I mean Yes, everybody back then was going, what are you doing? Nowadays, that would be unthinkable. Yes. You absolutely would not do that. Take the knee, go to overtime, and the Vikings had two possessions in overtime. That's right. Two possessions in overtime. So, yeah, Gary Anderson, unfair blame. That was just the perfect storm of things that went wrong yeah. for the Vikings, which, again, points me back to the point, my original goal. Keep it at arm's length. <laughs> Keep that team. I think it's particularly, many argue it's Minnesota sports in general, but I'll say keep keep the Vikings at arm's length. Yeah. And I know, well, you're not a real fan if you do that. No, I, I still can be a fan and also not want my heart broken unnecessarily. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Um, but man, it's the same, the, how we misremember it. It's the same with the, the Bartman game with the yes. Chicago Cubs. Cause everybody thinks, oh, that, that was the moment. Well, the Cubs had pl- plenty of runs scored after that. And the Cubs had plenty of chances, uh, to get out of that inning after the Steve Bartman incident. But, uh, we'll commiserate together. There's some other, like, there's some other, I have, I have a couple of other that come close to the Vikings, 1999 loss, but that's the pinnacle. But again, I'll argue it was a good thing for me because now I keep that team at arm's length. But what's what's the most heartbreaking Minnesota sports moment? 651-461-9226. I've got a couple, a couple of other ideas too, uh, but we'll love your input with a phone call or a text. 651-461-9226. By the way, the Vikings... Uh, ahead of that game, the NCAA, NCAA, the NFL NFC Championship game at the Metrodome, January seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine. Vikings were favored by eleven and a half points. Eleven and a half points. Hey, if you bet the Falcons, that was a pretty good day for you. Uh, we're talking about the most heartbreaking Minnesota sports moments, and I started uh, the show talking about that moment because it's twenty five years ago today that the Vikings lost to the Falcons in the NFC title game. But I think it was a very beneficial day for me in that it broke my emotional cord with the Minnesota Vikings. That way, you know why? In 2009, because we've got a couple of texts about 2009, the Favre interception. Come on, man. This isn't Detroit. This is the Super Bowl. Shout out to PA there. That I expected that. It's just like, no, they're just not going to win. And when you have that in the back of your mind, it really lessens the blow. And I know I, people argue, well, then you're really not fully invested as a fan. That might be so, but I'm going to do me. You do you. Uh, other heartbreaking Minnesota sports moments. Another one for me, I was a huge Gopher hockey fan growing up. Uh, family friends with uh, Doug Woog. Doug Woog was the Gopher hockey coach. 
So I was a huge Gopher hockey fan. Uh, when they lost to Harvard in the NCAA title in 1989, it was at the St. Paul Civic Center. It went to overtime. Uh, I know there was a pipe involved at some point, uh, a puck hitting a pipe. I can't recall the specifics of it now, but the Gophers lose to Harvard 4-3 uh, to three in overtime in the 1989 NCAA championship. That one ranks up there for me. Uh, the day, plenty of people saying the day Norm Green took the North Stars out of Minnesota to Dallas. Somebody even referring to him as a crumb bum. How old do you have to be to refer to somebody as a crumb bum? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do we got here? Uh, somebody, Kirby Puckett's eye disease. We, I think that's another one we, we, we think about because he was hit in the face by Dennis Martinez, mm-hmm. but that didn't lead. It was his other eye. He woke up uh, one morning, and he was he had blurry vision, mm-hmm. and he had glaucoma in his right eye, uh, and that ended his baseball career. He tried to play yeah. with that, basically became blind in yeah. one eye, and that tragically, heartbreakingly, ended Kirby Puckett's career. Such a beloved figure in Minnesota sports, and then obviously we know what happened to Kirby in the, in the years after that. A sad end, a sad end to that life who brought so much joy, mm-hmm. well, so much joy to um, to Twins fans and sports fans in general. Yeah, that would be my number two if we're going, you know, if we're ranking the NFC Championship game one and Kirby Puckett, yeah. ending his career tragically, yeah. number two. Uh, 87-88, Vikings lost to Washington in the NFC title game. I remember that game. That was Darren Nelson, final, final play to Darren Nelson at the goal line to tie unsuccessful. As underdog, we blew out Saints and 49ers in the previous playoff game, so I was pumped that they would win, disappointed by the Vikings again. By 98, I knew what would happen again, and it didn't bother me. See, that's exactly the same as me was in, 19, or in 2009 with the Saints and Brett Favre game. Uh, Adam, poor leadership equals poor results. Not sure what that means. Was it the Vikings referring to the Vikings? Well, there's plenty of examples of poor leadership amongst many, many. There's just a general teams. show comment about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you. You're the leader here. You're the one who, you, you book all the guests and the topics. Um, and that, too, you look at the – in my lifetime – see, I – I don't know about the four losses in Super Bowls. We have nobody referencing those four losses. I'm too young. Their last Super Bowl, what was 77? I would have been two years old. So that never really plays a part in how I feel about the Vikings. But, well, these things change based on recency and as the generations pass. And there was the field goal missed in the playoff game in Seattle, I want to say it was. It was here. Okay, yeah, but against Seattle. Against Seattle, yeah. Blair Walsh wide left, I think, that time. That's another one of those moments. Yeah. But if you're um if you're twenty years old or younger, th- yep. then you know, you, you don't know anything about Gary Anderson. That's right. the game you remember. And then you think, you know, you look at the like the Minneapolis miracle. And that's again the sheer joy of that moment. A lot of it has to do with that stuff doesn't happen to the Vikings. The, the, this is the Vikings. That things like that don't happen to the Vikings. But again, then they go and they just get crushed by the Eagles the very next week. And you're like, think about what that moment would have been if the Vikings had somehow beaten the Eagles and then gone on to the Super Bowl, even if they lose, I think, that Minnesota miracle, while it's still highly regarded as one of those thrilling moments and will always be one of those thrilling moments in Minnesota sports, think about how it would have been elevated had they 
gone and beaten the Eagles uh, in the NFC title game. Um, Timberwolves, not really, can't think of many crushing, uh, I mean, Malik Seeley's death, of course, but that's a different, I think that's different when we, when we talk about heartbreak. I mean, that's tragedy. Yeah, and then and that's different when we talk that's about kind of heartbreak real life for sporting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Same with the I death of Kirby Puck. Kevin Garnett leaving. Yeah, uh, was a big moment for fans. He led the team to the most success the Wolves. I ever feel had. right, and I feel left. like the uh, I feel like that was almost inevitable though, like because they had been so uh, mediocre for so long. I mean, just a one playoff run that after a while, and in, in just with the way that pro sports leagues are now. That it was just inevitable that Kevin Garnett is going to want to go and win a championship somewhere, and clearly it wasn't here. So I think, yes, while it's sad to see him go, I think many fans maybe saw that coming. Uh, Cowboys and Drew Pearson push-off. Yeah, we can't get over that push-off. Here's a high school one. Minneapolis 1961 Roosevelt High School basketball team not allowed into the state tournament. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.